<clears throat> it's an honor to be able to talk to you guys. Last time you guys, uh, I suffer, you guys suffered through me talking. It was about Islam and all that, and that's one of my passions. I, I love studying different religions. I'm not the theologian like Phil is, or Pastor Phil, or anyone, but I have a passion of learning different things. And you can ask my wife, when I find something that I love, I go overboard, and that's all I ever, that's it. We're done for months, that's all I talk about. Uh, but something that kind of, <clears throat> in the last in the last year, really brought something to my heart was uh, walking in faith. And then the two different things I, I want to talk about today is, you've probably heard of it, and I don't know if it's practical with uh, like kids nowadays, like high school students and uh, junior high, is passive and in intentional and passive listening. Two different things, and, and I've noticed this in uh, and I'm trying to apply that as I'm reading uh, now. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Psalm chapter 1. And if you don't have your Bibles with you, then we'll talk after church. So, so this is Sunday. So anyways, that was just kind of an icebreaker. So, oh, and also, uh, just so you guys know, if you hear this whistling sound, for whatever reason, uh, we're in the middle of getting new sound equipment. No, I'm just kidding. I have a bunch of dental work done, and it's kind of hard to talk without the two front teeth. So, you hear this nice little whistling sound, just kind of ignore it. Blame it on the sound system. So, all right, so Psalm, <laughs> Psalm chapter 1, or Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the sornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates. It means he ponders or talks to himself, meditates day and night. So think about it. When was the last time we just sat there and pondered? I talk to myself all the time. That's my wife. Okay, but the intelligent thing is I don't answer myself. I wait for someone else to answer me. Uh, I said we're going to bounce around a little bit today, and if not, if I didn't say it, but I'm warning you right now, we're going to bounce around a little bit in the Bible, but it's, hopefully it's going to be all coherent. Uh, so with that, who are we listening to and how are we listening to people? I mean, in this last year, you've heard this expression, fake news, and I'm not going to get political about it at all. But with that being said, when you hear stuff and intentionally or passively hear things, I look at passive listening as you're in, the, you're in the car, you're listening to music, you're not paying too much attention. But with me, if I'm really good song with drums and all that, next I knew the rearview mirror is my symbol and everything else, and people are looking at me funny, uh, and it happens. So who are we listening to? And are we listening prayerfully when we're listening to God's word? Are we listening intentionally or are we just passively listening? Uh, when we listen patiently, God's going to answer your prayers. I don't care what people say. God will answer your prayers. Because people will sit back and say, well, God never answers my prayers. Well, yes, he does. It just might not be the answer that we want. It might be, there's three different ways God answers our prayers. Yes, no, and wait. All right? A lot of times we get the yes right away. And when we get the yes right away, do we honor God? Do we accept him? Do we thank him for it? And we get the no, do we get mad? Well, guess what? Who knows better than him for what's good for us or not? The one I hate is wait. I mean, when you're praying for something, you get no answer. And then you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. But while we're in that mode of waiting, are we waiting patiently? 
Are we waiting for God to speak to us? And that's what I want to look at is, are we waiting for that? Or are we impatient? Look what happened to uh, King Saul. Look what happened to him. He was told to wait. But no, he took it upon himself, and he went and did the sacrifice without the prophet. Look what happened to him. Dude, he got stripped. So, and that's the last thing we want to do. We want to be patient. We want to wait. So, again, like I said, I'm going to bounce around a little bit. So I want to go, and uh, these are two scriptures. These are two references that I'm going to mainly look at. Uh, and then if you guys want to turn to John chapter 10, I'll give you a minute to do that. But yeah, passive listening, it's mechanical, it's effortless. I mean, how hard is it just to passively listen? I did a lot of that in high school, okay? I, I really did. I did a lot of passive listening, and I suffered for it too. So passive, passive listening is easy. It's mechanical, it's effortless. If we're awake, our ears work correctly and properly, guess what? We're passive listening. Like I said about music, it takes no effort whatsoever, and it's a lack of enthusiasm. Okay, well, that could probably say the first or last three years of my high school. Uh, intentional listening or active listening is what I want to kind of focus, focus on. And it's application-focused. And that's, that's important. Uh, you've got, I mean, we, we meet in a school, and I see there's teachers here. All right, so when we're reading textbooks, we're reading it, why? Why? Because we have to. I mean, who, I mean, show of hands, I mean, if you're from Washington, who really enjoyed Washington State history? Really? I'm sorry, I didn't. It was one of those things that I had to suffer through it just to get a grade. Uh, but do we take this book? Do we treat this book just like a textbook? I mean, if we do, well, that's something that you need to talk to God about. Because, yes, this is history tells you what, what it is. But it's not a textbook. We shouldn't read this the same way we would a newspaper or we would a textbook, like I said. This is God's word. So when we're reading this, we're reading it for a certain reason. How do we apply it? How do we apply these things? Not everything you're going to read in the Bible that you can actually make an application for today uh, a lot of it is just, it, it is, it's just that. It's history. It tells you what happened. It tells you stories of these different groups of people. But there's so much application. If you have it in your head for this intentional, active listening, then you will get something out of it, whether it's intended for you or not. Like uh, that one verse uh, where it says, choose this day whom you will serve. Okay, it's probably one of the most taken out of context verses in the Bible. One of the most. Okay, what is he talking about? He's not talking about choosing God or choosing like Baal or a false god. He's talking about choosing between two false gods. But then they skip over a little bit and at the, uh, two or three verses later, uh, Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But the first part, they take that out of context so much. So when we're reading it, are we reading it A, as God's word, or are we reading it as a textbook? Are we reading it, listening to it as, or in context? And that's something my wife and I are doing every night. We read something, and we'll sit there, and we look at context. Context is very important. Uh, apply that in anything you do every day. Apply the context of what someone is saying. Here, so we're focused on the content, not 
who's delivering the message. Like when you're talking right now, uh, you're not, don't focus on me at all. I prayed about it, and half the time, and John, Pastor John, Pastor Willis, Pastor Phil can talk about it. You have an outline when you're talking, but if you step aside, like Pastor Will, John said, uh, you let the Holy Spirit talk. You should never focus on the man. You should focus on what the content is, what the message is. And if it is, test it. Pastor Phil says it all the time. Test it. If it's his word of God, great. Good. And if it's not, confront him. Test him on it. And I have. It's fun. There is he. He's put me in my place 99.9% of the time, but I still do it because that's what we're called to do. So more than just facts, figures, and ideas, content is heard and converted into application. And that's what I think what we need more when we're studying is more application. You don't see that. I mean, God, just imagine. There's so much, there's so much of a divide in our country right now. If, if everybody just took a moment and honestly, active, actively listened to the Bible and read just a little bit and applied to our lives, how much can we accomplish? How much of this divide would be gone? I'm on a, a friend of mine across the water on this debate back and forth, and it's, uh, we have two different backgrounds. We're brothers, but he sees one way and I see the other. It's like we can look at the exact same evidence and come up with two totally opposite conclusions. But it's all about context. So John 10, I'm going to get back to this. So how are we listening to it? Who are we listening to it? So are we taking counsel, like in Psalm 1, are we taking ungodly counsel? Okay. I am not going to get financial advice from my broke neighbor. That's just obvious. I'm not going to go to a Christian college and get and study under an, uh, a militant atheist New Testament scholar. Why would I want to do that? I think it's tainted. That's just my personal opinion. I'll throw that out there. My personal opinion. I would never go to a college if someone's an atheist and trying to teach the Bible. That's like jumbo shrimp, military intelligence. It just doesn't work. So if you're going to get, who are you going to get counsel from? You're going to get counsel from the wise. I talked to Pastor John. I talked to Pastor Willis. I talked to Pastor Phil. Uh, if I want godly counsel, I'm going to talk to someone who's godly. I mean, that's a no-brainer. So, but when we're watching, especially TV evangelists, I have fun sometimes watching some of these guys. I mean, I literally have fun watching. I won't name them, but it, it, it's interesting. So who are we going to listen to? The other story, I, watched this, I saw this documentary the other day, and I'm sure you guys know this, talking about shepherd. Did you know individual sheep, the shepherds, they name them? I never knew that. They name individual sheep. You call an individual sheep and they will come. That is just fascinating to me. I mean, sheep are like probably one of the dumb... Why do you think he says it to... Why, do, why are we compared to sheep? I got to be careful. I was just about to say something, but I'm going to take that back. <laughs> I was just about to say they're like one of the dumbest animals, but Jesus compares us to sheep. So... 
We can be dumb. We can be. Who are we going to listen to? But they will hear, individual sheep will hear their voice from the shepherd. Just the tone of his voice. Know it. And they will follow him. And to me, that's just, that is really amazing. So, John chapter 10. This is Jesus speaking. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who do, does not enter the shepherd excuse me, the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up other or some other way, the, sa- the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings them out, his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet, they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the stranger. How many times have we followed people? False doctrine, false teaching, uh, false personalities. We've got to be careful who we follow. Uh, James, chapter 1, through 19, talking about being hearers of the word, not just being hearers of the word, but being doers of the word. I mean, we can sit there and read the Bible all we want and read stuff, but are we going to apply it to our lives? And when we do apply it to our lives, are we going to share those facts? Are we going to share this with other people? Are we going to keep it to ourselves? I think we need to be ready to hear, consider what God's word is saying, and we must be swift to hear reason. This is what a lot of us especially us guys, have a problem with this. That when we're try- we don't want to listen and find reason and truth from the opposing side. We think we're right. Right? I mean, just because my wife said six months ago to do something doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. So, and that doesn't mean that I'm not right. But I think as guys, we, we look at certain in- certain things, and we think that we're right. We're not willing to uh, actually acknowledge that there might be truth and reason on the other side. And I'm coming to that with this debate I have with a friend of mine. And I'm picking out some of the things that he's saying. I'm pretty staunch on, ask my wife, I'm pretty staunch on my opinion, and I'm, I'm right, you're wrong, uh, but I'm learning. But we need, like in James, we need to be slow to speak and do it without anger. And I think that's the key when we're listening. And then in verse 22, James chapter 1, verse 22, we listen in order to do. Because faith without works is dead. Faith without works is like a a screen door on a submarine. I mean, just think about that for a second. A screen door on a submarine. Okay, that was my life for a long time. Why? Because I was drowning. I was drowning in myself, I was listening to my broke friends, and I wasn't listening to godly people. Uh, I wish back in 1996 I would have listened to my brother. My life would be a lot different than that right now. Uh, But it's not enough just to be hearers, we need to be doers of the word. Luke 28, Luke 11, 28, sorry. Uh, Jesus, a woman says to Jesus, uh, tells her, I'm paraphrasing it, but basically says, uh, blessed are, or is the mother who uh, basically gave birth to you. And he agrees with her, but he says, more than that. And that's interesting. He's like, yeah, I agree with you, but 
And then he goes into uh, people obeying his word and doing his word. And I think that's, that's a key. I mean, just listening to it, yeah, these are great things. They, he agrees with the woman, but we need to, and he's encouraging her to listen to me and obey me. Why? When we're listening to people, uh, godly people, and taking godly advice, we might not see immediate rewards, but we're going to see eternal rewards. What's more important? I mean, glorified right now or gratified right now, going to McDonald's, having a hamburger, blah, 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 whatever. Eternal rewards is what we need. We're supposed to be laying up our treasures in heaven. And I think listening, and I'm hoping this kind of makes sense, because listening, active listening, when we listen, we listen to do things. We don't listen, when it comes to the Word of God, we don't listen just to passively sit back and listen. There's been nights, and uh, I have a, a CD player right above our bed, and every night, I go to bed early. I mean, I, I probably go to bed earlier than like, little kids, because I get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, 3.30 in the morning. So I'm in bed by 8 o'clock. That's how old I am. <clears throat> so, uh, but I always turn the, I turn the CD on, and I go through the Bible, the New Testament. I just continually listen to it every night, and I listen to it, and it's, I like it. Uh, there's days that it's just, I can hit my head on the pillow, and next thing I know, I'm out. I probably maybe heard four or five verses. But then there's nights where I'm just actively listening, and I'm realizing looking at the clock, I'm like, wow, it's like 9.30 going on 10 o'clock. I'm getting up out of bed in a couple hours because I'm actively, excuse me, I'm actively listening to it and I'm trying to apply this and I get so focused on it, but I got to catch myself and say, no, I need to go to sleep. So there's times to do it and then there's times not to do it. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, Jesus is saying, uh, those who hear my words and do them. Again, we're to do, not just listen. How many times, I mean, seriously, how many times, when was the last time you sat there and, and you read the Bible and tried to you pull out this application and like every Sunday there should be some kind of application from his word to our lives to fuel us throughout the week? In our personal studies, we sit back and we read. And that's one thing I started noticing when I was reading is that the hearing of the word is doing of the word. And that's what stuck out. To hear, we need to do. We listen in order to do. Uh, Luke 8.21, so kind of keep that in mind. We'll look at it maybe later. Uh, is obedience to God's word. We need to, Acts, 20, Acts 5.29 talks about obeying him. Obedience to God's word, it's a lifestyle, or it should be. It should be a lifestyle. It shouldn't be a passing fad, like it was for me for years. It was just a passing fad. I was going to church because my girlfriend went to church, so I went to church. It was kind of like a sweater you take, uh, take on and off, depending on your feelings. I mean, it felt like being a Christian. Boom, throw that sweater on. You're all cool. Go on a date. As soon as the date's over, sweater comes off, and then you're a pagan for six days. Come Sunday, you do it all over again. It's not. God's word, and we are to obey, and this should be a life-changing opportunity. Okay, are we staying in step? Are we staying in step? 
Are we walking in the same direction as our shepherd? Okay, show of hands. Who's military? Or ex-military? There's a few of them. Okay. I was in the 82nd Airborne. I was one of those crazy people that jumped out of perfectly good airplanes. I won't tell you what my dad called me when I chose to do this. Uh, fool was one word, and the other one I won't say here in church. <laughs> but anyways, I enjoyed it. It was fun. First time wasn't. First time was terrifying as you're standing in the door of the airplane and they're telling you to go and you're frozen. Your hand's on the outside of the airplane, you're frozen and you can't go. You're like stuck. Like someone super glued your hands on the outside of the airplane. I know it's pretty cool when you're looking out the airplane window, but when you have a door open and you're standing there like this, your hands on the outside of the airplane, okay, that's a rush. And then you keep feeling someone hitting the back of the head. Well, that's the jump master telling you to get out. <laughs> so the first time scared the daylights out of me. Uh, after that, it was a blast. But I have to admit, every single jump I ever had was a night jump. Why is that? It wasn't a.m. p.m. night. I'm talking as soon as I jumped out the plane, <clears throat> eyes were closed until I felt that chute hit. So every single one of my jumps was a night jump. So, but anyways... So we, one time we jumped into uh, Savannah, Georgia, and we were training with the National Guardsmen. Okay, these guys were great. Not very good with the compass, but these guys were great. Okay, just going to throw this out there. So one of the things, we had three of our squad members, we were training with uh, individuals, 10 to 15 National Guardsmen. So we had three of us with like 10 to 15 of them. Then we broke up and we had these courses that we had to go through at night. So I have my compass and I'm not supposed to do anything. I'm just supposed to just kind of observe. That's all I was, point out. If you saw some dangerous cliff, yeah, let them know, but just kind of observe. Okay, so we went, the, the obstacle course was about a thousand clicks. Or it was about a click, a thousand meters, sorry. And that was a long time, thousand, that was quite a while. But anyway, so we were going, and I'm like watching, I'm like, okay, I don't remember this. I don't remember this. Okay, this is where we were. This is where we were supposed to go. This is where we are right now. And I'm like, what are we doing? So that's my fun little military compass uh, illustration. This is God's compass. This keeps us on track. Okay, would this have helped me at 2 o'clock in the morning in the middle of a savanna jungle? No, probably not. To get me from here, over here, we ended up going through, real quick, divert a little bit, went through this neighborhood to get back on course, a residential neighborhood. Can you imagine a bunch of commandos with weapons, everything, going through a residential neighborhood? Okay, ever seen Red Dawn? You guys seen, okay, that's pretty much what it was. it was. It was kind of fun. We'd see cars, we would dive off in the bushes, okay? And anyways, that's one experience I'll never forget. It was, it was a blast. But this is God's word. This is our compass. This is our compass for our life. Thinking about God and listening to him those two are not the same. We can ponder on God, God's existence, and all that, which is cool. I still do. 
I'll sit out in, my, in front of my house, turn off all the lights, and just sit there and just stare at the sky. I can see all the stars. I mean, heavens declare the glory of God. And then, and then you start seeing satellites. Like, and like, wow, where's he going with this? God gave man the technology to do these crazy things, putting these things in space. Okay? But you still look beyond it, it's like, well, that's the thing. If it wasn't for God, that, wasn't, that wouldn't be possible. So are we listening to this compass? We need to actively listen to obey him, his word, all the way back in the Old Testament. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who curse you. I will bless those who bless you, sorry. I will curse him who curses you, and in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him, and Abraham was 75 years old when he departed Haran. Okay, his guidance, his guidance, and direction for our lives. Do we wake up with prayer in the morning? Pastor Phil wakes up 3, 3.30 in the morning, studies. And then he comes to work. When we wake up in the morning, it might not be 3, 3.30 in the morning, do we wake up with prayer and ask, God, what do you have for me today? Do we ask for his guidance in our lives? Or do we just get, get up, uh, wash our face, brush our teeth, comb our hair. Well, for some of you guys, comb your hair. Uh, do we do these things? Do we start our day God-focused? Or is it just another day we wake up? Do we ask him for his guidance, his will, not ours, not ours, his plan, not ours? I want to think about this for a second. We need to listen with an ear of obedience. Think about this. Abram was 75 years old. Okay? I'm sorry. When I turn 75 years old, I'm going to be sitting in some lounge chair, comfortable, and then someone's going to knock on my door and tell me that I need to get up and take my family to another country. I'm sorry. I'm chilling with my inheritance. I mean, that's going to be hard. Can you imagine the obedience? 75 years old, getting up. I mean, I have a hard enough time getting up and doing stuff right now with how bad my body aches sometimes, but let alone be 75. No, trusting God opens ourselves up 
to yielding to him, going in a direction we're not accustomed to, or out of our comfort zone. How many times have God told you and uh, got you out of your comfort zone? It's not very comfortable, no pun intended. Uh, I, I work for Harrison Hospital, and <clears throat> on Saturdays, uh, there's no pastoral or chaplaincy there, and, and the staff know, so I get called. So last Saturday, not yesterday, but a week ago, I mean, I just walked in the door. It was 4 a.m., and uh, the house AC, who's in charge of the hospital at nights, uh, says you need to go down to the ICU. There's a family down there. Uh, the father is passing away. And I'm thinking, well, I already know my staffing is horrible today. Because I do the staffing there. Make sure there's enough RN, CNA, secretaries, blah, 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 for the hospital. <clears throat> and I always look ahead what my week's going to be like. And I already knew it was going to be horrible. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. I mean, I'm scrambling in the morning until about 6 o'clock. So I went to turn on my computer. And then I had that moment of... We listen in order to do. So I'm like, okay, sorry. I always carry my Bible, I grab my Bible, and I just ran down the ICU. And there was a, a gentleman who came out of the room. I got a little bit of history uh, from him, and it was his father-in-law that was in the room. And the whole family was in there. And so I kind of asked, are you guys believers? And blah, 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 and that kind of thing. Kind of break the ice. and. So I go into 2 Corinthians chapter 5, start talking to him. I was only down there for like 10, 15 minutes. But in those 10, 15 minutes, I end up crying with this guy. I've known who this guy is. Never met him in my life. But I listened in order to do. And that's what we're called to do. Listen in order to do. Later on that afternoon, or later on that morning, 8 o'clock, I got another call go talk to a wife of a gentleman that had passed away and just go up there and just sit down and talk for a little while. Uh, so this time I didn't hesitate. I'm like, okay, I know you're asking me. So uh, I'm not going to hesitate. Listen in order to do. So I did. And it was a blessing to be able to do that. So when God speaks to us, are we doing it? Are we going to sit back? Nah, I'll do it later. Gauging our spiritual growth. This is interesting. How long does it take us from the time God tells us to do something to the time we actually get around to doing it? This is something that you guys just think to yourselves, not on show of hands and, or anything like that, but think about it for a second. How long does it take from the time that God tells us to do something to the time that we actually do it? If we're using our watches, that's a good thing. If you're using a calendar, you need to think about that. Watch good, calendar bad. Okay, Genesis chapter 12, verses 7 through 8. We obey God's words. He is faithful to, revert, to reward us. Verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants I will give this land. 
And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tents with Bethel on the west, and Ai on the east, where he built an altar and uh, built an altar to the Lord, and called on the name of the Lord. So when we listen to him, we honor his word, we act on his word. God's faithful to to reward us. What if Abraham didn't do that? Would we have all these nations if he chose not to listen to them and just sit in his cozy cave lounge chair on the side of a mountain watching his sheep saying, dude, I'm comfortable? Probably not. But who knows? I don't because I wasn't there. We should never live our lives shut up, closed off to ourselves, not asking for God's wisdom and guidance. Every decision we make should be spirit-filled, spirit-led, God-inspired. Just like Pastor Phil and Pastor John preached, remove the man that your word is spoken here. Not just spoken here, but remove the man that your word and your spirit will guide my life. Guide all of our lives. Based on our decisions, are we living within God's will? Are we obedient to the promptings of the spirit? The question you need to ask yourself. How often do we ask God, what do you want for me today? Turn to Galatians 5. Galatians 5, excuse me, verse 16, 17. I say then... Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill or you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust or for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do things that you wish. Inside of all of us, there's that struggle uh, between our sinful nature and our spirit. I got a debate with a guy and about the Ten Commandments. Saying, do we have to live by, are we required to live by uh, the law, the law of Moses? I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it's not just the Ten Commandments. There's like 600 and something crazy. There's no way. There's absolutely no way we can uh, hold to all that. Uh, but I told him naturally, and with my, my father-in-law, we got in this argument. He said, no, that was the old covenant. This is the new covenant. So I, I kind of argued with him. I'm like, but didn't Jesus say, love your father or love, love your neighbor as yourself and love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? Yeah. I'm like, okay, so can't you take the first 10 or the first four commandments? Those have to do with God. Take the last six. Those have to do with how we treat our fellow man or woman. 
Right? Yeah. Okay. So just by obeying those two, we naturally obey the ten. I mean, I'm not a rocket scientist. That's my wife. I mean, I can understand that. So naturally, yes, we are going to. Are we required to? Those two things. What does Jesus say? Jesus tells us to obey those two. Right? Jesus tells us to. So by natural, by default, we are going to follow the ten. And if anyone breaks any of those, then it doesn't matter how grievous it is. Just you break one, you can break one. So we're getting into this discussion about this. And I said, everyone struggles with sin. We're not perfect. Everyone struggles with it. But as believers, we have a choice. And this struggle is between the old and the new nature. <clears throat> we should always side with the Spirit, God's grace, listening to the promptings. If we walk in the Spirit, we should set ourselves under the influence of the Holy Spirit. As followers of Christ, <clears throat> excuse me, we are going through a process, the changing of our mind, our will, our thoughts, and our actions. It's called sanctification. We are being set apart. If we are true believers, we're not going to be perfect. I'm sorry, uh, newsflash, we are not perfect. Trust me, ask my wife. She'll tell you, I am not perfect. I still leave the toilet seat up, okay? She gets mad at me. 2 Corinthians 5.17, talking about the resurrection. In Christ makes us fit for heaven. John 17.20 through 23, Christ in me makes me fit for this life here on earth. If you ever get a chance, read uh, and really study John chapter 17. That is the true Lord prayer. That's the Lord's prayer. It's not our Father who art in heaven. Jesus never prayed that to his Father, okay? That was just showing his disciples how to, how to pray. But read John chapter 17. The first part of it is Jesus praying to his Father for himself. Second part of it is Jesus praying for his disciples. The last part of it is Jesus praying to his Father for his, the believers in him that obey him. I just kept reading it the other night, and uh, it's just amazing that we have a Father, we have a, a mediator, a redeemer who is standing there and he's praying for us. A lot of people have a good support system in their family. You guys, for one, you guys have a really good support system. Kyle and uh, Katie and Chris know this. Yeah, they can go to, you, go to you for anything. Uh, same thing in my family and multiple families. You have that support system. But what's greater than that is our support system is up there. I mean, we can turn to them for anything. I mean, anything, anything, anything. If we're walking a faithful life in the Spirit, we need to ask ourselves, who are we listening to? How are we listening to them? That's important. Like I said earlier, who are we seeking advice from? Psalm 1, 
Are we seeking our advice from ungodly men? Are we seeking advice from our broke neighbors? Are we seeking spiritual advice from our secular, non-believing friends or family? So it makes a big difference. So what's our responsibility? We'll wrap this up kind of here just a little bit. So turn with me to Romans 10. We'll be done with this in just a second. So living a, living a spirit-filled life, living a life of faith, walking in the faith, what's our responsibility? Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Amen. We need to believe Jesus is sufficient. Going through, uh, I'll find out exactly where. Going through Pastor Phil's uh, certificate programs, uh, <clears throat> he makes a really good point that Jesus not only is sufficient, he's willing and able to save us. My father, he was sufficient as a father. My dad, I love my dad. Uh, do I miss my dad? Yeah, I do. I miss him. I miss my brother. I miss my mom. Uh, would I take him back from where they are right now? No. Would I love to see my brother right now? Yeah. But would I... Self, be selfish and bring him back from where he is right now, hanging with the Lord? Absolutely not. Paul teaches this in Second Corinthians, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Our last breath here on earth, we, we exhale, we're on earth. We inhale, we're in the presence of God. I mean, I can't imagine anything better than that. Second Peter 3, 9. Not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. How do we do that? I mean, I mean, right there, they're saying, God's saying, not willing that any should perish. So that kind of throws out that predestination thing in my book, just so on that. This is just me. Because if, if God wished or is not willing that any should perish, why would he make that happen? We can talk later about that one. How do we get to know the only way to salvation? John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Period. End of subject. We actually listen here at church. We actively listen while we're here at church. And then when we walk away, we learn how to apply these words. 
in prayer, do we wait? Do we wait for God to speak to us in our prayers? Are we expectant to hear from God while we're praying? I think we should be. I'll close with this. Turn with me to Matthew 7. Matthew 7, and we'll go with uh, verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, there's the key, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Anyone who's into construction can totally relate to that. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Who is our rock? Jesus Christ. He is our rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And great was its fall. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I want to end with that. We're going to do communion today. So I want to pray, and then I'm going to hand it over to John. And then if I could get some help, uh, some guys to get the elements and get that going, that would be great. Let's close your uh, eyes and join them in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity today and to learn a little bit about your word. And, and, and Lord, I just thank you. I personally thank you for the opportunity that your word is uh, spoken to me. And hopefully it's, your word is spoken to us. And Lord, I just ask that uh, just actively work in our hearts to put your words to rest in our mind, in our heart. Lord, clean our hearts. Make our hearts pure. Lord, give us a servant's heart. Help us look for opportunities uh, to serve our fellow men. And Lord, to lift you up in everything that we do. And Lord, you are our focus. You are our guide. You are our God. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this time. And we ask this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Amen.